Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Haley. Um, I've been having a weird past couple days. I've just been feeling super like dazed and I've just been getting really anxious about some random things. I don't know what that's about or where that's coming from because there's really no reason for it, but hopefully that will go away soon. Um, I've just been kind of sitting between two classes right now. I'm on like a week and a half long break before my second summer class starts. So I've just been going to a couple barrel races and I've been watching BoJack Horseman a lot and I'm finally getting to like, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm on the second episode of season two and it's kind of getting, it's getting a little intense to be honest. Like I see everyone on TikTok talking about like how sad the show gets the farther you get into it and season one was pretty tame. So I kept waiting for it to get super intense and just go downhill and make me feel really sad but it hadn't happened until now so yeah I don't know how I feel about that I'll still probably keep watching it because it's really good but I do feel really bad for the horse but anyway I have a new structure that I think I'll use for this episode instead of talking about one topic for the whole episode for like 30 minutes I've been finding that a little bit hard to do, especially because I usually um, record and post my podcast on the same day, so it it, it feels like I have so much to do um, all at once, and I kind of run out of ideas. I have a lot of ideas for my podcast throughout the week, but then when it comes to actually record on Tuesday, I just, like, all of them go straight out of my head. So I'm going to try to talk about one um, topic for half the episode and a second topic for the second half of the episode. I'm not sure if I'll keep doing it, but it's just something that I'm going to try out, you know, feel it out, see if it works. I, I feel like it might work really well. So that's what I'm going to do for this episode. The first topic I'm going to talk about is the concept of daddy's money. And I'm sure everyone has heard of it. It's, it's basically a thing in any sport you do or any industry you're in, any sort of competitive atmosphere, you've probably heard the, the concept daddy's money before. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. If you don't know what daddy's money means, it's basically when someone is able to be really successful, they're able to have the nicest things, the best of everything, because one of their parents has a lot of money, so they're able to afford the best of the best. Although this does refer to the, to the dad, um, I think it can refer to the mom as well. Whichever parent just seems to support their kid, or maybe it's both parents, but you get the gist. Someone that has parents or someone else in their family that is able to financially support them in any way that they in any way that they need and the whole reason that daddy's money is even a thing is because most people can't afford to give their kids the best of the best all the time despite how much they want to and there's this weird there's this weird jealousy that you can have when you're in that position and whether you're a parent wanting to give your kid the world or a kid just wanting to be good as someone else you know and you see these people that that obviously have a lot of money and that are 
perfectly capable of getting the best of the best and they're really successful and it it feels like they almost didn't work as hard for it and it's so I think the thing that that hits the hardest in that circumstance is that we're brought up on this belief that if we work hard we'll be successful and that's all that it takes and unfortunately it's not and that being successful and winning and being quote-unquote on top does take more than hard work it does take having money and obviously you can want something so strongly and have such a passion for it in your heart but that doesn't mean that you might get as far as the person that can afford the lessons and the equipment and whose parents can afford to take time off work to take them to practice and all of these um all of these things that go into sports specifically that just cost money some people don't have those luxuries and it's weird because a lot of things that go into sports like let's say just the time that parents have to take off work or free time that some parents might not get because they have two jobs those things aren't usually seem to be luxuries until you really think about the fact that that's not something that everyone gets to do it the playing field isn't level for everyone and even when you're a young kid you notice these things and you see these disparities between families and it's hard as a kid seeing that some people get to have all of this nice equipment and these nice things and then wondering why you don't get that because it makes sense that everyone should be coming from the same place and that everyone should be equal and that's just not the case unfortunately parents have different jobs people have different life circumstances and it's just something that is going to happen no matter where you're at in life what you're doing and that's just the harsh reality of it I've been going to rodeos with my mom since I was probably three years old and I've always you know been in that situation where you pull into the campground and you see a million people, not a million, a handful of people with so such nice trailers and they've got the they've got this trailer where you can put five horses inside and then they've got their full um living quarters area with the slide outs on either side and to top it all off it's pulled by a semi and they unload their horses and they're all really, really, really nice horses. And I mean, then you've got the people that just have this bumper pull that they might hook onto the back of not even a truck maybe it's a car and then they sleep outside in tents even when it's 100 degrees outside or even when it's raining because that's the best that that they can afford and that's what they have to work with and I was fortunate enough to always have a trailer to sleep in we started out with a trailer I think it was a three-horse trailer and it had a mid-tack and it had a living quarters area 
but it didn't have any electric or air conditioning or any place to cook, any way to cook food or anything like that. So you'd walk in and you'd have a small little area to hang your clothes and then it had a bed. And then below the bed, there was this bench that could flip up into like a cooler. So you could put your drinks in there and then close the top. And on the other side of the bed, there was a place to store um, a couple more things. And then it had just like a basic cabinet inside with a mirror on it. And that was it. So if we wanted to bring like separate food or anything, we'd just have to bring that in a separate cooler. And because we didn't have a shower, we'd actually use a sun shower. And what that is, it's basically this sack that you fill with water. And then to warm the water up, you just let it sit outside in the sun all day. And then when you were ready to take a shower, you just hang that up in the horse area. Well, we'd hang that up in the horse area of our trailer. And it had a little hose attached to it that you could use to shower off. And the water wasn't the hottest, and the water pressure definitely wasn't the greatest, but it did the job. And that trailer wasn't bad, and it served us well for most of, like, my youth rodeo days. I think after about 10 or so years of using that trailer, we did get to upgrade, and we upgraded to an actual, like, living quarters trailer. And this trailer is also a three-horse. Is it also a three-horse? Yeah, it's also a three-horse. And it has an actual living quarters area, so we have, like, a, um actual stove and a sink and a shower um, and things like that. We have air conditioning and heat, which is definitely great. Definitely comes in handy some days. And when we got that trailer, it was, like, a big purchase for us. Like, we hadn't had a horse trailer that nice before, you know, before we got the trailer that I started out rodeoing in. My mom had um, an even smaller trailer, and I don't think that that even had, like, a living area in it. It was just the horse um, area and then, like, a mid-tack. So our previous trailer was still really nice compared to the trailer before that. So when we got our living quarters trailer, I, like, we were almost, like, scared to use it. Me and my mom were. Like, it just felt so nice and so new and so, like, like, big and expensive to us, like, we were almost afraid to use it and we didn't even know if we could get it up our driveway. We had to make our driveway wider just so that we could pull this living quarters trailer up it. So it was, there was definitely a learning curve to it and we were, it was definitely something that we had a lot of anxiety around just because we hadn't, we didn't feel like we'd had anything that nice before, you know? And I know I'm probably butchering the dates of when we actually got these things, but I want to say we've had this current trailer, this Living Quarters trailer, for six years now. And now we're to the point where we've taken it, tons of places, we're used to it, and we've been thinking, you know, we might need a bigger one. Or this is what we'd change about it if we had the opportunity to get another one. And we're just so used to it, and it's so weird to think about us actually being anxious about it at one point and feeling like it was so big and so fancy where now it's just like oh like it's our trailer you know and it's not because it it's any less valuable or that anything has changed about it in the past couple years it's just that we're so used to it and we've I mean we we never take it for granted but it's it's so strange to think about the fact that this was once something that was such a big deal to us and now we're already thinking about what our next trailer would look like, you know? And 
even pulling this trailer into barrel races, we pull in next to trailers that are twice the size. And several of my friends have even bigger trailers. And it's so weird because it's like, man, like, this looks so nice to me, but I bet you're used to it too, you know? I bet these friends feel the same way about their trailers as we do about ours. Just because you get so used to it. And, you know, there's always going to be something bigger and better out there. And that thing is always going to really look look really nice to you until you have it. And then you're like, eh, you know, it's just it's just a trailer. And while it's so tempting to be jealous of these people that seem to have so much, you have to kind of put yourself into their shoes for a minute and remember that they probably see people who have more than them and all they want to do is have what they have too. It's being competitive puts you into this weird place of always wanting more and it that it makes it so hard to be grateful for what you have when you see all of the nice things that are available to you and all of the nice things that other people can afford. And no matter what you have, someone will always have something better. It's keeping up with the Joneses. And there are people that can go to any race that they want. And if they want a certain horse, their parents can buy it for them. And if they want to upgrade their trailer, they can upgrade their trailer. And they don't have to think about those things. Their horses are always running good because they can afford to take them to the vet. And they can afford to give them any sort of therapy that you can imagine and that's their life and while it hurts to be someone that has to maybe you have to pay for everything yourself even though you're not even like 18 yet maybe you don't have a full-time job and most of your money goes to your horses I know that seeing that is hard and I really wish that I could give you a solution and tell you that it gets better, but it really doesn't. It's something that you're going to deal with your whole life, and seeing these people that are (laughs) so well off is something that you just have to learn to live with. And I do want to caution you that despite that a lot of these people probably are as well off as they appear to be a lot of them also aren't and when you see this massive semi and horse trailer pulling to the rodeo a lot of that is probably dead I'm just gonna say it a lot of that is probably dead not a lot of people can pay off a trailer that nice or anything for that matter a horse whatever you call it in full and when you think about it that way you might be a little more grateful that you have this trailer that's less impressive, but maybe it's paid off and maybe it's a little bit easier to pay off than this bigger rig. And if that helps you feel a little more more grateful for it, I would definitely think about it from that perspective. Would you rather put yourself into a risky position financially or would you rather buy something that's less impressive it makes more sense for you at the time because if you really think about it there's probably a lot better things that you can put your money toward than 
a truck and trailer or a horse. And if you need to put your money towards something else, you shouldn't feel ashamed to do it. Even if you have to wait on something that would be really cool. And this isn't to say that if you have an expensive rig that you're making bad decisions or you're trying to show off. I just think you need to evaluate why you're wanting to buy what you're buying. If you want to buy something nice for yourself, buy something nice for yourself. But if you're doing it at the risk of literally going bankrupt, maybe you need to reevaluate why you're wanting that. Just do what makes sense for you, given the circumstances. Nobody's going to fault you for not having the best vehicle in the parking lot, but you are going to screw yourself over if you make a bad financial decision just for the sake of looking cool. And I just want to say it does not pay to be jealous of people that have nice things or to think that they don't work as hard as you or they don't deserve it or they're rude or they're snobby or things like that. Because first of all, you might not even know these people. You might not know what they went through to have those nice things. You never know someone's life story. Maybe they really had to struggle and work hard to get what they have. Maybe they didn't. But I don't think you I don't think that people should have to struggle and and work hard. I don't think that there's this minimum level of effort that people have to put in just to get something nice for themselves because because maybe they didn't maybe they did have the trailer hand to them or the truck hand to them but somebody else somebody else had to work hard somebody else had to make the money and somebody else had to care about them enough to provide them with what they had so maybe it's their dad or their mom or someone else I don't think that's a bad thing I don't think it's a bad thing to be someone with the capability of buying someone something nice and wanting to do that for them because if I was in that position if I was I think about this all the time if I had a kid and I had the resources to give them the best of the best I would absolutely do it I wouldn't want them to struggle I'd want them to have the best horse that they could possibly have and I'd want them to have the resources to win and do well because I'd want to make them happy And I think if you really think about it, I think that most people would choose to do that for their kids too. So personally, I can't fault anyone else for wanting to give others something nice. Because I'd do the same exact thing if I were them. And although having horses does cost money, obviously you have to buy the horse and be able to care for the horse and house the horse. I will say that the horse world itself is pretty inclusive and that even if you aren't like one of the top riders doesn't mean you still can't participate in things and especially I really like jackpots and 40s for this reason you don't have to be a horse that will be one of the five fastest that day to win things and I think that that's really nice and that inclusivity is that how you say it I don't know is really unique to the horse world and it isn't something that's so easy to find in other sports I want to end this with saying that the things you have don't define you And that I've seen some really nice horses step out of bumper pull trailers and that you shouldn't be ashamed of anything you have regardless of whether what you have is considered nice or not. Everyone has to start somewhere and the only people that are ever going to say anything about anything you have are just insecure.
as long as you are enjoying what you're doing, that's all that matters. Now I'm going to go off on another stint and tell you about a situation that happens to me pretty frequently. So it's when I get really excited about something. Um, It's usually like a future plan or like a really spontaneous thing I want to do. And I tell someone and they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, you're going to regret that. And it just kind of kills my whole vibe. And then I start questioning myself like, oh, like, should I not do this? I was really excited about it, but... I told them and they didn't seem to like it, so now I'm not sure. And just kind of makes me question ever wanting to do it in the first place. Or the opposite thing happens and someone tells me that that's not a good idea or that I shouldn't do something and I immediately want to do it like 20 times more. I think that's actually the situation that happens to me the most often. Like people's discouragement just like encourages me more and entices me more no matter what that thing is. And I really don't think that people realize that that happens. Like, if you tell someone not to do something, if they've already made it up in their mind, in their head, that they're going to do it, they're still going to do it. And you're really just, like, egging them on at that point. You know, no matter how much you protest. Like, I was playing around with the idea of getting bangs a couple months ago. And I told a couple people I was thinking about it. And they're both like, I don't think that'll look good. Like, I think you'll hate them. It's probably not worth it. And immediately when they said that, I instantly knew I was getting bangs because part of it was just me wanting to be rebellious, like just wanting to be a shit about it, (laughs) you know, and that sounds bad, but it's true. I think everybody does that. I did actually end up getting bangs and liking them. So, I mean, I don't regret it at all, but I just, I think that's so funny. And it's not like the only reason I did that was to make them mad. I just like... I don't like to be told what to do. So there's that. And then there's also the reason that I feel like a lot of people don't have a basis for telling you not to do something. Or they don't really have a reason that you'll regret it. Not a solid one at least. They just like don't want you to do that because they wouldn't do it themselves. They wouldn't cut their hair that way. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't do that thing that you're wanting to do. So then they just want to make that decision for you because it's their personal preference even though it might be yours and that's I think that's another thing that gets me just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean that I should not do it and I know I'm being really vague with this but it can apply to so many things not just physical appearance like I remember when I was younger I wanted to be an orthodontist I didn't have a reason for not wanting for wanting to be an orthodontist not a good one at least I just I had messed up teeth, so I spent a lot of time in my orthodontist, and he had, like, this dog, this, like, big yellow lab that he'd just have run around his office all the time, and I just thought it would be really cool to work at a job where you could have your dog with you all the time, and his office seemed fun, so I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. So I told everybody I was gonna be an orthodontist. I told my parents, my parents told my grandparents, and then somehow it got around to my grandma's daughter, and we were at Thanksgiving at their, at my grandma's house one day and her daughter had heard me talking about it or had heard about it somehow. And she was like, Oh, don't you know orthodontists have the highest suicide rate at Thanksgiving? Like why, why are you discouraging 11 year old me from pursuing a lucrative career just because I might kill myself? That doesn't make any sense. 
just because there's a 5.2% chance that I'll off myself. And it's not like she had any other basis for telling me not to do it. And if I would have become a dentist or an orthodontist, it, it wouldn't have affected her. And you can literally pick anything in the world at all. Like, no matter how lucrative it is or how, like, glamorous it seems. And there's going to be that one person that's going to give you at least one reason why you shouldn't do it. And while I think that this discouragement can come from a good place, I think a lot of times people either don't understand it or they're just jealous of you and they don't want you to be happy. For parents mainly... I think they don't understand it, especially in the case of, like, making changes to your physical appearance. I know, I mean, I didn't tell my parents when I got a tattoo, and I didn't tell my parents when I got my nose pierced, just because I had gauged their reaction from when I said I was going to get bangs, at least my mom's reaction, and I'm like, if they reacted that way when I said I was going to do that, they're probably not going to like this either, so I think I'll just keep this to myself. And that's why I feel like your reactions are also really important while other people's reactions are really important when you're trying to gauge how much you want to confide in them and how much you want to tell them. Because I was like, oh, wow, my mom didn't think that I would enjoy bangs. She thought they'd look kind of weird on me. She's definitely going to think a tattoo or a piercing looks weird on me and I don't want to I don't want to open myself up to criticism or any discouragement so I'm just going to keep that to myself I just won't tell her and that wasn't because I didn't value her opinion I do value it but I knew her voicing her opinion and her disagreement in doing that it might discourage me from doing what I wanted to do just because I do want to please her and I do want to make her happy but to do what I wanted to do and to look how I wanted to look, I had to kind of just do what I wanted and not get another outside opinion. So if someone that you know makes like this drastic change or surprises you in some way, I wouldn't read in too much to that. And I definitely wouldn't take it personally because when someone makes this change either in their lives or to their physical appearance, it's for them. It's not for anyone else. And they're not asking you for your input because they probably know if they hear it they won't want to do it anymore even though they really want to at the moment and sometimes change is good change is necessary and it's fun to change your look and it's fun to be spontaneous but it is hard and it sucks when you get really excited about something and other people bring you down and if someone can make the decision to do something for themselves without getting the perspective of even one other person, I think that they can think about it more clearly and they can make a better decision. And on the topic of making good decisions, there are a couple things that I try to keep in mind when I'm trying to change my look, whether I'm making some other big decision in my life, whether I'm thinking about buying something or not, I keep a couple things in mind. And the first thing is I give myself a long time to think about it. And this isn't, I feel like it's not as necessary for like getting a haircut or anything like that. Um, obviously you'd want, you'd, you'd want to think that over. Sorry, I just had a seizure. But not as important. Hair grows back. Buying something, even if it's something small, I try to make sure it's something that I really want. 
instead of asking a million other people whether I should buy it or not, because obviously they're probably going to say yes, unless it's really bad, then they'll just say no. But I tried to let it sit in my mind for like one to two weeks. And if I still want it at the end of one to two weeks, then I buy it. Especially if I'm scrolling on my phone at night, I've noticed that I love to online shop while laying in bed at night and I buy so much stuff after like 10 o'clock at night just because I'm in like my mind is turned off and I'm in the headspace of, you know what, I deserve it. Like what could it hurt? Actually, that can hurt a lot. So I would definitely wait one to two weeks. Um, Just make sure you really think about what you're wanting to buy or what you're wanting to do. And I think that really helps you avoid a lot of big mistakes. The second thing I try to always make sure I do is I try not to make changes to my appearance when I'm in an emotional state. So like if I'm upset or I'm sad, you know how you get that feeling like you have to change something in your life. You have to you have to like change your vibe and a lot of times like cutting your hair, dyeing your hair or something just seems like the easiest way to do that. And sometimes it's not bad. Like, I mean, if you want to make a minor change, maybe that will help you. But I feel like people end up making a lot of really drastic changes that they do end up regretting. Like, I'm just, if you don't, if you never cut your hair before and you don't know what you're doing, please don't try to cut your hair or like do some stupid stuff when you're like in an emotional state. If you if you come out of that state and you're of like sound mind and you still want to cut your hair and do whatever, like just do it then. But when you're like hysterical hysterical or if you're crying or angry or just like depressed or whatever, try to avoid doing anything that's going to take a while to fix. That's my honest advice and I know that you should kind of be able to do whatever you want whenever you want but that's just my honest honest advice from experience just wait until wait until you calm down a little bit before you decide that you're going to do something I think being able to gauge your emotions before doing something you might regret is so important like when you make a life change or any change you should be more excited about it than you are like anxious or worried about it if you if you have more negative emotions surrounding something than you have positive emotions, I would say you're not ready to do it. Based on my experience, if you're feeling excited about something, it is normal to feel like some anxiety and some worry and stress surrounding it, especially if it's new to you and if it's this big venture or this spontaneous decision. But I think if the negative emotions overpower the positive... I think you need to wait. I'll give you guys one example of this. I'll give you guys a funny example. So I had been wanting my nose pierced for months, like literally like six months. And I made an appointment like really close to my work. I thought I'd get off my, I'd get off shift and then I'd go and get my nose pierced. But I was so wired and like anxious thinking about getting my nose pierced that it was like all consuming and I like couldn't even focus during the day and I actually ended up canceling and I felt so like disappointed in myself I like I was like you wuss like I was just majorly shitting on myself 
but I just felt so anxious about getting it done. I, I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I'd get in there and I like could not imagine myself going through with it. All I could imagine was myself looking stupid. So I waited a couple weeks and I, the feeling was still there. I still wanted to get it done even after canceling. So I did follow my two week rule. I actually waited like maybe like two months, but later I still wanted it. And I was feeling better. I was feeling ready. And part of part of that is probably because I like canceled the first time I wanted it done. So I was just like ready to go like through with it this time. So I didn't reschedule at the same place because I was too embarrassed to. So I made an appointment at another place and I did end up going through with it this time. And it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I waited, like I waited and I thought about it and I waited for that feeling of being ready And I let myself take the time to be ready, which is why I think it went so smoothly. If I had gotten it done and like tried to push through the worry and the negative emotions the first time, I feel like it just wouldn't have ended well. I'm going to wrap this episode up by saying thank you guys so much for listening. This has been one of my favorite episodes to record and I had a lot of fun with it. So hopefully you like it too. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, as always, you can DM me on Instagram at Haley, H-A-I-L-E-Y underscore Shavy, S-C-H-E-W-E. My next episode will be out either next Tuesday or Wednesday, realistically, probably Wednesday because I'm a procrastinator. And until then, have fun, have a great week, and I will see you then. Bye!